good to be back with you all. How are you doing? Okay, those of you here in the room and also those of you online, welcome. I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, the lead and teaching pastor here. And if you'd like to follow along with the sermon, you can do so on our app. Also, you can use that QR code. Um, someone did let me know that the wrong date when you click on the sermon notes is there, but they're the right sermon notes, just the wrong date. Um, we're in week three of our series, Words to Build Your Life On. And Pastor Michelle started us off and she talked to us about how these words originally come from the early movement of the Methodist Church, and they're called the General Rules. And they were really the, the foundation that enabled the Methodist Church to be this movement when it first began. Now, Rules are great, and Michelle shared how she is a rule follower. It may not surprise you that I am not a rule follower. <laughs> yeah, I am just not. Mostly, um, I mean, I do try. I will say I do try to follow the rules, but I struggle, and I struggle. My husband doesn't think I even try the way his head is. Um, <laughs> the... the um, the reason I struggle so much is because I'm a questioner. So whenever somebody says, this is the rule and this is how we must do it, I'm always thinking to myself, is that right? Does that make sense? Is there, is there a better way maybe to do that? Now, I will follow the rules if I feel like they're the right thing to do. But there are many times when someone says, well, this is just how we've always done it. And I'm just like, I am so not in on that. So, what about you? Are you a rule follower? Are you somebody who, when someone says, these are the rules that you follow along? Now, I am going to guess that there are many of you who are not particularly good at rule following. And I say this because we did a sermon series where one week the sermon title was Obeying Jesus. That week, 50% of the people did not come. Right? People were like, obeying Jesus, I don't know. Now, from now on, when you see me say following Jesus, I am thinking <laughs> obeying Jesus, just so you know. Okay. Now, the word obey, like the word rules, it feels like an outsider kind of putting things on us. It feels like a to-do list. It feels like they're giving us some heavy burdens to carry. And I think most of us aren't so interested in life being harder. But what if we've misunderstood? What if those of us who struggle with rules actually could hear that many times rules are about freedom, connection, and life? What if there are some rules that are worth following? Over these weeks, we have been talking about these general rules of the Methodist Church. Uh, today, we've contemporized them and talk about them as the three simple rules. And there are these guidelines that the early church followed. And in their following these rules, they actually changed history. You may not know this part of the Methodist Church, but the Methodist Church began in England. And when it began, it became a powerful force for good in the world. It helped care for the sick and the poor. 
It set up hospitals. It educated children and youth and adults. It helped people who were struggling with addiction. It took a stand against slavery. And it helped everyday people be involved in leading in the church instead of just the clergy doing it all. Now, how did this happen? How did this powerful movement of people happen? Well, it happened because the Holy Spirit called people to follow these rules and to obey. And by their doing it, by their participation in the movement of the Spirit, what ended up happening was a change in the world. The Holy Spirit still wants to work through us with these simple rules. So when we talk about rules, we're, we're not talking about just any rules. We're talking about these Methodist rules, which are do no harm, do good, and today we'll talk about the third one, stay in love with God. And what we understand is when we do these three things, when we organize our life in this way, what happens is we're able to live out the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. This is found in Matthew's gospel. Jesus is asked, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Our church's general rules, these three simple real rules, are really about calling us to be active and involved. Not to be perfect, but to just be the kind of people who show up and seek to live the way of God. So let's look at these three simple rules. Let's review the first two, and then we'll talk about the next one, and we'll look at our text. So we started off with do no harm. And that means, does my life demonstrate a focus on loving God and loving people in every way I can? Do good is, do I live sacrificially so that I'm able to demonstrate care and concern for the physical, spiritual, and practical needs of others? And then today we're talking about stay in love with God. Do I follow daily practices of prayer, scripture reflection, participation in Christian community, weekly worship, including the sacraments? and live out acts of goodness and mercy. So we're going to focus on this last one today, and I want to talk with you about it through looking at our scripture. So our scripture today is John 21, 15 through 17. It says this. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this text is set after the resurrection. So before Jesus' death, Peter gets in this uh, situation where he denies Jesus three times. 
This text is the corrective to that. This is where Jesus reinstates Peter. This is where Jesus forgives Peter. This is where Jesus calls Peter to a life of love. You and I are called to a life of love also. And we are called to that love in a particular way, a way that, a way that honors God, a way that shows our love. In the Methodist Church, we have said that this way looks like this. Prayer, scripture, participating in community, which means two things, uh, being part of a small group, enjoying others' fellowship and friendship, and also discipleship, which is learning and helping others learn. And then weekly worship and holy communion, and then acts of goodness and mercy. Now, this may not be news, to you, but stay with me, because I want to dive into this deeply as we look at it today. Why is it that we should adopt daily, weekly practices? Don't think of it as legalism. Don't think of it as shoulds. Instead, understand that we're called to do this for the simple reason that it keeps us in love with God. It's true that if we don't do these things, if we don't make time for them, they get squeezed out of our life. And we find other things take that space. We know in our lives that when we love other people, we make them a priority. We take time with them. We show them, we care for them, whether that's our children or our parents or our friends. Many of us experienced one of the hardest things about this past season has been being distant from the people we love, the people we would normally spend time with. I know that I had a whole 16 months until I got to see my mom, who I just saw last month. One of the challenges I think we have is we know what it looks like to spend time with each other, to spend time with those we love. It's harder for us to imagine what it looks like to spend time with God. But it doesn't have to be confusing. We have this list. We're called to prayer. We're called to scripture. We're called to participate in community. We're called to enjoy others in community and to learn and grow with them. We're called to weekly worship. We're called to the sacraments. We're called to do acts of goodness and mercy. And when we think of that whole list, I think what it helps us do is it helps us kind of assess, where am I? Where might I grow? What's next for me? Practices are what help us stay in love with God. This enables us to hear God's call in our life. It helps us respond to God's leading. It helps us learn to trust God. It helps us to be nurtured and sustained by God. Now, you'll notice in the list of things that we've been talking about, some of them sound like the things we would normally think would help us stay in love with God, prayer and scripture and worship. But we also hear that we're called to be connected to one another. 
And there's two ways that this is part of staying in love with God. The first is we are created for Christian community. It is part of what it means to love God, to be in community with his people. That can mean worship, that can mean serving in the church in the world, that can mean small groups. Um, we have a focus here on small groups because we understand the importance of them. You may not know, but the whole idea for small groups that met other than Sunday mornings, groups that met throughout the week and connected people, is a Methodist idea. It started in the Methodist movement. It's how Wesley set it up. He knew we needed more than Sunday morning. It's a defining feature of who we are. Our DNA as a community of faith says that we're to gather. We're to gather regularly for two things, to make friends, to have relationships with people, to live our life together. That's the first thing, and it's so important. None of us should be leading this life alone. And then the second thing is we're called to be in groups so we could learn and grow, so we can be discipled, so we can help others grow in their faith. So this is the first way that we connect. The second way we connect to other people is through what this rule calls acts of goodness and mercy. This is when you and I care for other people, serve other people out of our love for God. Not to be do-gooders, but as an expression of how we love God, then we turn around and we love and serve others. When you and I practice daily, weekly practices to connect us to God, we will experience transformation in our life. When you do this, you will become a person of courage, a person of strength, a person of direction. God's influence will form you and transform you. That's what hanging out with God will do. Now, you may know, last two weeks I wasn't here. Our son graduated, and we were in New York. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he got married. You didn't think you'd get out of here without seeing wedding pictures, right? <laughs> This is Jacob and Julia. And here's the thing about relationships. We become different people because of them. They are different people because they met, because they spent time together, because they made that commitment to each other. And you know if you're married or if you're in a long-term relationship or if you've just had those friends that have been the core of your life throughout your life, that they have affected who you are, that they have formed you, that they have shaped you. If you want to be who God has for you to be, you need to spend time with God. And that means organizing your life in a Godward direction. That means spending time in prayer and worship that means connecting to others, both for learning and friendship and service. 
When you do that, it changes you forever. Now, I was thinking about this this week because I'm quite aware that we have trouble making this commitment to God. In general, I think we would rather scroll through our phones and pray or look for a scripture verse. We would rather sleep in than go to worship. We would rather watch TV than go to our small group. We would yet rather use our money and our time for ourselves rather than to practice acts of goodness and mercy. Do you know why that is? It's because there is a part of our brain that likes things to be very easy. Even though that's just a part of our brain, sometimes that controls a lot of our lives. They call this part of the brain the primitive part of the brain, and it doesn't want us to expend any energy. It's the part of the brain that says, oh, it doesn't matter if you pray or you worship. It's not that important. Instead, open some ice cream from the freezer and just relax in front of Netflix. We all know that voice. But if you want to build your life on more than comfort, if you want a life that is rich in courage and integrity and strength and wisdom, you need to build in faith practices, just like you have other practices, practices to brush your teeth or practices to exercise. Peter in today's text is asked, do you love me? And his love then informs his actions and informed the rest of his life. You may not know, but Peter actually died for his faith. You and I, we often just have to learn to get up 15 minutes earlier so we have more time for God. Or to prioritize Sunday morning for God and know that we'll get to the chores later. But our struggle is real too. We struggle to make room for a life that is turned in a Godward direction. The simple rules are simple, but they are not easy. One more thing. I think love is hard. I think we are more comfortable with controlling people. I say that because it's easier to control others than to truly love them. To love them takes time, takes honesty, takes courage, takes strength. And that love will change us. That love will push us. That love will call us to grow out of where we are comfortable. And I bring this up because when we talk about practices, sometimes we think, well, if I do those things, then God will do some things for me. Kind of a quid pro quo understanding of faith. That's not what this is about. This is about building a relationship with God, about loving God. And that is a very different stance than telling God, I did this for you, so you need to do this for me. These three practices, these three words to live on, to live our lives by these rules that we're called to follow, they will build 
a future for us with God. And they are simple, but they are not easy. And so they take real courage to attempt. Yet, if you are like Peter, if you love God too, you will know that this love requires a response. So I'd like to teach you a prayer practice, a way that if you don't have something in your life right now, that you do as a way to grow your love of God, something you could try out. It won't take too long. It's not too hard. It's basically this format. I'll go through it with you, and then we'll do it together. It's a prayer. There's a scripture verse. There's a time of reflection on the scripture. There's a prayer you put in your own words about what you're thankful for and petitions you might have for God. Then there's a verse of offering yourself to God daily and God's promise for today. So here's what it looks like on the um, app or in the e-news, and we'll send it out again. And you'll see that there's a hyperlink under the scripture and under God's promise for today. What that hyperlink is, is it'll take you to a new verse each day, that verse for the day. And under the scripture, it'll take you to just a verse, but if you want to read more, if you want context, that is there as well. So this is just a straightforward way to do this. So let's do it together now so we can experience it. So join with me in the prayer. Loving teacher, come and make your home in our hearts this day. Dwell within us all day long and save us from error or foolish ways. Teach us to do no harm, to do good, and assist us so that we may stay in loving relationship with you and our neighbor. Help us today to be an answer to another's prayer so that we may be one of your signs of hope in the world you love. The scripture for today says this. Then he said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Let's just take a moment where we pause and just reflect on what that verse might be saying to you today. And now I invite you to spend a moment in prayer. This is where you will share your own words of thanksgiving and petition. Let's take a moment to do that. Now read with me the verse of offering ourselves to God. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then we end with God's promise for today, which comes from Psalm 103. God has removed our transgressions as far from us as the east is from the west.
I hope that you will try out this prayer practice if you don't have one already. You can see that it is not a long practice, but doing this on a regular basis will enable you to grow in your love for God. I'll be on our Facebook group, which is different than our Facebook page, and I'll lead this a couple times during the week so you can experience that as well. So I hope that you will try this simple practice that will help you grow in your love for God. For when you do, you will find words to build your life on. Let us pray.